Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, a winning edition brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte taking a big W here over the Milwaukee Bucks, 114 to 106. Yes, there were some adverse circumstances here around Milwaukee. They were on night two of a back-to-back. They were down a large contingent of their secondary unit, their bench mob, as well as a lot of their shooters. But still, it's the defending champs. They got huge efforts from some of their stars, and the Hornets come away with the victory nonetheless. So 114 to 106, the final. We'll break this one down, give you our stars of the night. And also, we are right up against the midway mark of the season. How are the Hornets doing compared to the projections we had at the start of the season? We'll talk about all of these and helping me out, making his triumphant return to in-person duties here on the Hornets Radio network my producer rob longo and first and foremost rob welcome back we're glad to have you here in person no it was a long time out for health and safety protocols but glad that you're feeling better feeling healthy and here with us again on the hhc happy to be here i normally this is where i would crack a joke and say don't lie to the people you really didn't miss me that much but i know it's sincere and just happy to be back at work we love you we're glad you're here and glad you're with us here today on the hornets hivecast well this was a big one for charlotte quite frankly it's one that based off the circumstances even if the bucks had not had so many players in health and safety protocols you would still give an edge to charlotte milwaukee was on night two of a back-to-back hornets we're coming off of two days of rest but this one was close not as close as i think the final score indicates 140 to 106. Charlotte really did have control for the majority of the back three quarters of this game. Uh, but nonetheless, it, it was a fight to the finish. Hornets come away with the victory 114 to 106, the final score. In the loss, Milwaukee's big three that was remaining from the championship contingent of their roster, the guys who really had a lot of experience there, Bobby Portis. 19 points, 13 rebounds, double-double. Chris Middleton, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, near triple-double. And then Giannis Antetokounmpo, 43 points, 12 rebounds, and 18 of 20 from the free-throw line. He took a ton of free-throws in this one. Those three were huge in the game. Still, though, the Hornets had some good defensive moments and a good defensive game plan in general. Miles Bridges talked about it after the win. Down the stretch, we were good, but I was more impressed with our defense. You know, Giannis had 43 I mean, but we made it hard on him. You know, he had to shoot 20 free throws to get it. And, yeah, I mean, we did a great job. I mean, they're two superstars. They did a great job of scoring the ball. Bobby Portis came in, but we tried to make sure all the other guys didn't affect the game, you know. It's hard to say, Rob, when a player goes for 43 points that you held him in check, but the way Giannis had to get his 43, I think you can make that argument. He shot the ball pretty well from three, three of six, but those are the shots you got to live with with Giannis Antetokounmpo. You got to give him something. And he got 18 of those 43 points at the free throw line, and I think there are some serious uh, complaints to be had by Charlotte over how often Giannis was able to get to the line compared to the Hornets, who as an entire team only went 10 of 17, 17 total attempts from the charity stripe. Yes, Giannis Antetokounmpo made more free throws than the Hornets took. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about it at halftime of our halftime show yesterday on the Hornets Radio Network, where at one point, midway through the first quarter, the Hornets were whistled for four fouls, which were all drawn by Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Milwaukee had one foul, which was on Giannis Antetokounmpo, and it was because he was just completely out of control going down the lane. I think he forearmed LaMelo Ball into oblivion, but it was just that kind of night for the Hornets where I don't want to say every single call was going against them, but there were a lot of questionable calls. We'll just leave it at that, but I mean, when you take a look at the box score and you see Giannis, or 11 of 20, okay, you live with that. He had a season, he tied a season high in three-pointers made with three tonight, so, you know, you just got to kind of tip your cap at that point, and then 18 of 20 from the foul line, I don't have his free throw percentage in front of me, Sam. Yeah, I know it's 90%, (laughs) but what's his, what's his average on the season? Oh, it's like 67%, so So, it's under 70. So he shot, so he shot out of his head. He shot above his head for sure, so, you know, it was just one of those weird games where Giannis did anything and everything to get the win. Luckily, the Hornets just did a really good job, I thought, in that third quarter, building up that lead, and kudos to that defense in the second quarter, too. I understand Milwaukee was on the second night of a back-to-back. They were probably a little gassed, but only holding them to 12 points in the second quarter was really impressive. The winning play, as it turned out, for Charlotte, I said before, I thought the Hornets were, were for the most part, in control of this one. Second quarter was a brilliant defensive quarter, held Milwaukee to just 12 points. Third quarter was a brilliant offensive quarter for the Hornets. They put 42 on the board against the defending champs. Uh, But in the fourth quarter of the game, it got a little close. It got down to two possessions at one point, and then there was a winning play from Terry Rozier. Mellow ball, takes the inbounds play, rushes into the honeycomb, now peels back outside, six on the shot clock. He's one-on-one with Portis, gives to Rozier. Open look, 4-3 from the wing. Yes, sir! Terry Rozier ripped the net cord. Yet another Lowe's drilling three-point shot. Timeout, Milwaukee. That one right there might have sealed the contest. Terry talked about that big shot in the clutch after the game. Oh, uh, it was just a read. I just kind of knew that the whole gym was staring at Melo and uh, just try to get a just try to create some confusion for the defense. So uh, you know, just slipped out on a, on a pick on a pick, and I was wide open. Uh, and that's that's something that we always work on. So. I'm just glad it was open. I'm glad I got to knock down the shot. Clutch time is always Terry time, it seems, Rob Longo, but I, I really found it impressive the way the Hornets were able to execute down the stretch. LaMelo Ball making the right play, Terry Rozier getting to the right spot and being ready in the moment to hit the jumper. Look, Milwaukee had a lot of chances with so much of the defensive game plan focused on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Some of those auxiliary guys from Milwaukee got open looks and failed to knock down the big shots in the clutch. Terry got his shot, and he didn't let it pass him by. Just a massive bucket by Terry. I mean, that put the game at 111-104 with 34 seconds left and pretty much put it out of reach at that point. I mean, you know, seven-point lead with 34 seconds. Certainly some crazy stuff can happen, and, you know, Milwaukee did the best it could to try to keep it interesting there down the stretch. But just that play in particular was really good because, honestly, Terry confused me a little bit. I remember watching that sequence, and it seemed like LaMelo was just kind of on an island like Terry was talking about. All the eyes were on LaMelo in the gym. And I thought Terry was going to come down and give him a down screen, and he ended up just slipping behind the defender and having a little bit of a pick and pop out on the wing to hit an open look at three and I mean he loaded that thing up I mean it wasn't quite as you want to call it it wasn't quite looking at the ball and checking Adam Silver's signature on it but it was pretty darn close I mean he got open pretty good there but the third quarter from Terry Rozier just remarkable 15 points in that quarter alone Hornets third quarter alone was just 
insane. 59% from the field, 6-12 from beyond the arc as a team, 42 points in that frame. I can't get over the fact that that third quarter was just so dominant. Now, Milwaukee did put up 34 in that frame, but the way that the offense looked in that third quarter, despite the foul trouble that the Hornets had, which was a big part of this game, was really, really good. I had said coming into it, the key for the Hornets was make sure you have the lead entering the fourth quarter. They got that done. They hung on to it. They get the win. Charlotte now 21 and 19. They're, for the most part, in a tie for seventh now in the Eastern Conference. If you go down to the third post-decibel point spot, shows them in eighth. But really, uh, the Hornets have done a good job here. They're within two games right now of a top six position, and they put themselves two games clear of the 11th spot right now in the Eastern Conference. All right, coming up next, we'll pick stars of the night. You're listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Cataracts made it hard to see clearly. Even movies were blurry. So I went to Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. It's time to pick our stars of the night. A Hornets win, 114-106 to 106 over the Milwaukee Bucks. Rob, you are the guest officially. You get to go first. Feels a little weird saying that, but for my top performer tonight, I'm going to go with the obvious one. I'm going to say LaMelo Ball. Rebound tapped out. LaMelo Ball trying to tap it to himself. He does behind the back to Plumley. He'll throw down the reverse two-handed dunk. What a play made by LaMelo, and this packed house is loving it early. I just thought that play right there, that made it 4 to nothing early, kind of really set the tone. I just thought LaMelo Ball's playmaking ability last night was exceptional. 19 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, flirting with that triple-double once again. I know Terry Rozier was the top scorer on the team, but something about LaMelo Ball's swagger out there, I know the three-point shooting wasn't the greatest, but he was just such a great facilitator last night. I know it's to the point where we are expecting this from LaMelo at this rate, but he just continues to dazzle us night in and night out with the way that he plays the game. And I mean, a behind-the-back bounce pass from midcourt on a rope to a wide-open Mason Plumlee. He didn't have to make that pass like that, but in typical LaMelo fashion, he did, and it was just showtime from there on out. He always does make it a little extra special. I'm surprised you think it's obvious because nothing against LaMelo Ball's stat line, a near triple-double, always impressive, but I think just there were some other performances that were more worthy, but I I like the pick in LaMelo. It's never wrong to pick someone who goes for 19-9-8, but LaMelo Ball, you know, he he had to work a little bit, as you mentioned, shooting-wise. Wasn't his strongest night, 8 of 19 from the floor, 2 of 7 from 3, but did the job to get it done, and maybe most impressive to me is the assist to turnover ratio, 8 assists to 2 turnovers on the night. That was a key. Charlotte could not afford to give Milwaukee extra possessions in this one. They ended up getting the the rebounding margin pretty darn close. Milwaukee got one more offensive rebound than the Hornets did, but the turnovers, that's where Charlotte really made a difference, and I think LaMelo Ball's careful watchful eye on the turnovers, that that was really a key here for Charlotte. I also want to throw in one thing here. That assist in that play, the highlight you played, was to Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley, first off, we hope Giannis Antetokounmpo's elbow is okay after bludgeoning Mason Plumley in the head. He bled all over the floor and somehow didn't draw a foul on Giannis Antetokounmpo, but that's neither here nor there. I think Plumley has quietly put together a really solid streak here for the Hornets. He's only averaging six points per game, but the efficiency with which he's getting there has really taken an uptick. He was about a 60%, 58% field goal shooter up to about two weeks ago, but in his last six games, 
Still six points a contest, but he's shooting almost 80% from the floor, and the Hornets are 4-2 and two in that stretch. So he had another strong night in terms of keeping that shooting percentage high, 2-3 for three from the floor, and uh, Mason Plumley connecting that highlight. He does a lot of the little things, a lot of the dirty work, but deserves some credit in this W once again. My star of the night, I'm going with Terry Rozier. Hornets, chance to take the lead here. Down by one, Rozier against Antetokounmpo. Back to P.J., handoff, Rozier. Rozier, screen and roll with P.J. Washington, pulls the trigger on the three. Yes, Terry Rozier, impervious to pressure, puts it through, and the Hornets have taken the two-point lead. Timeout, Milwaukee. Terry is really shooting the ball well right now. We knew it was only a matter of time till he got himself in rhythm. Finally, no more ankle issues, no more health and safety protocols. He's been able to play sustained minutes for a sustained stretch, and we're seeing the results. That's now seven of his last eight games after last night's win where he has made four or more threes. He's shooting just under 50% from distance over that spell. Six of ten from beyond the arc last night goes for a team-best 28 points team needed almost all of them. Terry Rozier, my pick for star of the night. We got one segment to go, and we're going to talk about the midway mark, which is now just one game away. Hornets will reach it after they play Milwaukee again tomorrow, Monday. We will talk about where the Hornets sit at the midway mark compared to what we had thought preseason. That's next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Yeah, it speaks It speaks to our, you know, the depth of our team and how far, how good I believe that we can be. I think it speaks to the strength of this team. So I think the goal will, though, and the challenge is, can we do this every night? Can we bring the same effort, intensity, respect to the game every single night? That's the goal. And we're growing in that area. We're not quite there, but night to night. I wish I could bottle this up every night, Will, and, and you know share this with our guys, but this is the nature of human beings. This is the nature of, of the NBA as well. But that's our goal right now. And you know I think the biggest thing right now as we head into Monday night's game, who handles this game better? Do, do they handle their loss better than we handle the win? Or will we have a maturity about us that we come out swinging again on Monday night you know, with something to prove against the NBA champions? I want the mindset of we still have a lot to prove. They've proven it. They've been the NBA champions. They've hoisted the, the trophy. we got to be the hunter right now, and that's the mentality going into Monday night. Hornets head coach James Borrego talking about the win last night as well as the path forward for the Hornets as they'll take on Milwaukee again tomorrow, Monday, at Spectrum Center. Tickets are available at Hornets.com, and we'd love to see you there. It was a packed house, a sellout crowd on Saturday last night, and I would love to have that happen again on Monday. It's really been a fun atmosphere, and this is going to be a big game. I think you can look at the rubber match, and there's a potential that the Hornets will still have some advantages in terms of Bucks who are on health and safety protocols calls are unavailable. They might get their star point guard, Drew Holiday, back. He has come off the protocols but was still dealing with an ankle injury. There is a chance he could show up and play on Monday. We'll see how things turn out, but the Charlotte Hornets certainly playing with some confidence as close as they came at Pfizer Forum earlier in the season and now actually having the win over Milwaukee. Very impressive stretch here for the Hornets. Charlotte right now with a record of 21 
and 19. They're right in the, the thick of things in that mix between 5 and, let's say, 11, maybe 12 you want to stretch it to in the Eastern Conference, where all those teams are separated by just four games. So two hot weeks, you're in a top six position. Two cold weeks, you're out of the play-in tournament altogether. It's that tight. It's that close. And the Hornets are doing the job of staying at or above 500 right now. Wanted to take a moment because, Rob, we're basically at the halfway point. Next game will be 41 of the 82. And to look back and see where we thought this team would be. Now, just for some context here, Rob and I were a bit more bullish on the Hornets at the start of the season than most of the experts. 538, which does you know statistical analysis on everything. If you look back to the start of the season, before any games were played, where they projected the Hornets to be, they had the Hornets in terms of total wins somewhere between 33 and 34 victories in an 82-game season. So well outside of what you would consider to be play-in tournament status, let alone playoff status. Rob, refresh our memories. Where did you think the Hornets would be? I had the Hornets, we're talking overall, right? Correct. Yeah, so I had them at 45 and 37 overall on the season. I had them at 34 and 26 at the All-Star break, and then I will hold for what I currently had them at right now. Well, let's do that part, too, because it's okay. important to have the context here. You can even go through 41 games. And you so, don't have to, okay. I, I don't need, we don't need to know game by game. We said you should have no. won this one, not that one. But through 41 games, yeah. where did you have the Hornets record? So wins? I had the Hornets through 41. I had them at 25 and 16. I had them nine games over 500. I thought that they were going to do a little bit better on that West Coast trip in December that just things just did not seem to go their way. Same with the West Coast trip in November as well. I missed a couple of games there, but because I went game by game and I did win-loss, win-loss, but yeah, I have them at 25 and 16 through 41 games here. I have them at 34 and 26, like I mentioned, at the All-Star break. So for some reason, I had the Hornets, as we take a little bit of a longer look at the schedule, I had them on a three-game losing streak at the end of January because it's a little bit of a tough stretch against Indiana and then both of the Los Angeles teams. But all of a sudden, all three of those games seem very much more winnable. So just goes to show what we know and what we don't know, mostly what we don't know at the beginning of the season. For me, at the start of the season, I went game by game as well, but I'm just going to focus on where I had them through 41. I had them at 21 and 20, so I'm playing with house money right now. My my prediction in terms of the win total is going to come true, but for the overall season, and again, 538, their different analyses had the Hornets somewhere around 33, 34 wins. Your final total was what? 45 and 37. I had the team 44 and 38. And interesting to note, 538 kind of adjusts through each and every game where they think each squad will get to based off the most recent results. They have the Hornets somewhere between 43 and 41 wins, which would be good enough to put them into the play-in tournament, but not straight into a top six seed. So I think the Hornets are doing well right now. I think even when we looked at the schedule at the start of the season, not factoring in when and where health and safety protocols or injuries might rear their ugly heads. I think we all acknowledge that the Western Conference road trips, the sheer number of road games was going to be a tall hurdle to get over. And then when you look to the second half, even though the Hornets are home right now, they're playing Milwaukee. They're playing really good teams. There's nothing that can be assumed right now. The Hornets are going to have to earn their spot. One thing that I think could be a cause for concern as you start to look down the road into the future, the Hornets, I think, being an eighth is not a surprise here. 
But who they're ahead of is a little bit of a surprise, not because the Hornets are doing anything wrong, but I don't think anyone had Atlanta going from the conference finals to on the outside looking in at the play-in tournament. Similar things for New York or for Boston. Cleveland, Toronto, they've played better than most people I think would have expected. And based off what the experts had said out there, I guess Charlotte has too. But I bring this up to say this is not going to be an easy fight through the tape to the finish line. Where in the Western Conference, you've got a lot of teams who, you know, you're curious who's going to do just barely well enough to earn the 10 seed and make it into the play-in tournament. I mean, right now you've got a team that's losing 60% of the time, the San Antonio Spurs, who occupy the 10 spot. If you put that team in the Eastern Conference, they are, what, three games out of a play-in spot? I mean, they're not even close right now. So the East is definitely the deeper of the two conferences. It's the tougher of the two. And so Charlotte can't let their foot off the gas. You know, 44 wins, which I haven't predicted at. You had them at 45. That's probably just going to be good enough to get a a top seven or eight spot and have some advantage of only needing to win one in the play-in tournament. But the Hornets, they're they're going to have to continue to grind here, continue to find wins where they can, regardless of the circumstances. And again, it just goes back to what mostly what we don't know going into the season. I mean, we couldn't have anticipated all of the health and safety protocols. We knew that this was going to be an issue to a certain extent, but we didn't expect that the record for most players to be in the NBA in one season was broken by December as a whole with all of these 10-day hardship contracts. But yeah, it's just been a crazy season so far and we kind of saw the changing of the guard a little bit last season in terms of the Eastern Conference becoming the deeper conference than the Western Conference just based on some of the records of the teams that were in the play-in tournament. But yeah, the East is starting to get stacked. It's starting to become a really deep, a really challenging conference by that matter. But you know, there's definitely some surprises out there. I mean, you take a look at Cleveland, Toronto's finally starting to get hot. I mean, there's just some of these teams that the Hornets haven't even faced yet. Like, the Hornets haven't even played Toronto yet. And it's just, you know, some stuff like that that you look at or, you know, only played Boston once and, you know, still got a couple against the Knicks as well. So, you know, on paper, it still is, you know, it, it is what it is. It, it is what it is, but... You know, at the same time, Charlotte still has one of the easier paths. If you take a look at total win percentage, still one of the bottom third teams. The teams that they're playing moving forward have a combined winning percentage of 494. So pretty middle of the road when you think about it, because, I mean, they still got to play the Bulls twice. You still got some of those tougher Western Conference teams. Still got the Miami Heat three times. So, you know, you just take a look at a couple of those. But then at the same time, still got OKC twice, the Pelicans twice, San Antonio one more time, Detroit two more times, Orlando two more times. So, you know, it is what it is. You got to win the ones you're supposed to and, you know, try to steal a couple along the way. So it's going to be a fun ride, that's for sure. Based off that, I'm going to assume the Hornets' strength of schedule, it's going to be much more advantageous or or however you would put it. It's going to get – so they're playing a weaker remaining schedule after the next week because Monday they host – Milwaukee again, then they go to Philadelphia, so that's a pretty difficult two. Milwaukee's still a top four team right now in the Eastern Conference and Philadelphia is in the midst of a six-game win streak right now, so two tough opponents ahead for the Hornets, but the Charlotte Hornets are playing really good basketball right now, blowing out Detroit and beating the defending world champs Milwaukee. I think the Hornets are playing some of their best basketball the entire season, and knock on wood, they're about as healthy as they've been all year long as well. And the Milwaukee Bucks, for what it's worth, have the strongest strength of schedule remaining 55% win percentage. 
Interesting. Very interesting. You know, I, I put a little bit more stock in where the games are going to be played and how much rest you have left available to you. Uh, Milwaukee now, believe it or not, they have played more games than the Hornets have. So Charlotte's gotten the benefit of some really good rest the last two weeks here. And so some of those arguments I had been making for a long time about how many games the Hornets have played, those are gone now. So Milwaukee's going to have more rest in the remainder of their schedule. But some of those opponents are, are a little bit tougher based off your reading there. I think for Charlotte, I'd rather have the Hornets schedule where even though you have a little less rest remaining, you've got a lot more home games on the horizon, and that starts again on Monday. We'd love to have you pack the hive again. Should be a great matchup, a rematch. Hornets versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Hornets took round one of this head-to-head series at Spectrum Center by a final of 114-106, to 106, and tickets for Monday's contest available now at Hornets.com. Rob Longo, again, great to have you back here in studio. Thanks so much for joining me here today on the HHC. Happy to be here, Sam. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. Tomorrow, we'll have our preview podcast for round two of Hornets and Bucks. Till then, for Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.